Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program... Uh, so they define, they create a campaign in our platform, define the different stimulus that they want to capture the feedback on, uh, and then choose the technologies. It could be facial, eye-tracking, brainwave, voice, or a combination of these technologies. That's after these headlines. America has blocked more Chinese firms from accessing U.S. technology, adding the names of eight tech firms to a list called the Entity List, BBC reports. The companies were helping the Chinese military's quantum computing efforts, according to the report. The U.S. has also blocked individuals and entities from Russia, Japan, Singapore and Pakistan. The entities blocked in Pakistan relate to the country's Unsafe Guarded Nuclear Activities or Ballistic Missile Program, a U.S. Commerce Department official said, according to BBC. Spotify is testing a TikTok-style vertical feed of music video clips with a Discover tab on its app's opening page. It was discovered by Chris Messina, widely credited as the inventor of the hashtag, who posted a short video on his Twitter page showing the new feature. A UK judge has set December 16th as the deadline for Home Secretary Preeti Patel to decide if the extradition of Mike Lynch, co-founder of a British software company Autonomy, should be allowed, Financial Times reports. Lynch is accused in the US of tricking Hewlett-Packard into paying $5 billion more for his company in an $11.7 billion deal in 2011 at a 79% premium to the market value that was widely criticized as too high. Samsung is ending its Galaxy Note series, Android Police reports. The company has not released a Note smartphone for 2021 and hasn't included one for its 2022 lineup either, Android Police says, citing ET News, a South Korean tech news site. Features of the Note may be included in Samsung's S22 Ultra, according to the report. You might think twice about making faces at your smartphone because the technology to interpret that already exists and companies are using it to sell you that next dress you didn't know you wanted or to add another data point to your profile they're storing away. In today's interview, Lava Kumar, co-founder and chief product officer at Entropic Tech, talks about his company's Emotion AI products that can interpret facial expressions, eye movements, and even brain signals. Here's more. Okay, uh, Kumar, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. Uh, to get us going, uh, please uh, tell us a bit about yourself. I'm, I know you're an engineer by training and you have a strong interest in uh, AI, deep learning and computer vision and so on. Uh, just give us a snapshot of uh, your work so far and we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, th- thanks a lot, Harry, for having me in this uh, podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, so, um, I'm one of the founders of Entropic Tech. So I, um, my, I, I've been an engineer. Uh, that's one of the core things um, that started off with, right? So traditional uh, focus there. Uh, did my engineering, worked with Wipro for a couple of years, um, and then decided to um, export consulting as a career option. Then did my MBA um, at College of William and Mary in Virginia. Uh, post that, had a, a couple of stints at uh, uh, management consulting firms like Bain uh, and Booz Allen uh, in the US and then shifted to product management career at Yahoo and then further uh, worked at a bunch of 
large companies uh, across different industries and then finally kind of moved into um, a startup cooperative uh, where I was one of the part of the core uh, product team members, one of the first employees of product management. Um, was part of the company for about six years. Um, and then after that was part of another startup. Both startups had a exit of about 200 and 700 mil uh, in the ad tech space uh, specifically. So product management is something that I'm really passionate about, um, love doing day in, day out. And as a part of that tech, AI, computer vision is something that uh, being an engineer, being a product management professional on the tech side is something that uh, is of core interest. Mm. You uh, started your company in 2016. Um, and uh, today, uh, give us a sense of uh, what your uh, main products are about, uh, what it has evolved into. Uh, and also from a company's business operations point of view, what has your company evolved into? Sure. So uh, <clears throat> from, a, from a product line standpoint, uh, we currently have four products in the market. The first one is Effect Lab. Uh, it's a pure play, multi-tenant uh, SaaS uh, product, very verticalized, offering towards uh, market research industry. It's a consumer behavior research platform, um, working with brands, agencies, advertisers to help them measure, analyze human emotions at scale. Uh, the second product is Effect UX. Um, um, you, um, it's again another emotion AI driven platform, but very, very focused towards uh, usability research, UX research, UX testing. Um, the third product is basically uh, all the APIs, SDKs that we use with an Effect Lab and Effect UX. So one of the first things that we started was when we want to build things, we want to build with platform as a service. That's a primary uh, core service and then build verticalized offerings on top of that. Um, so Effect APIs, which includes uh, facial coding API SDK, eye tracking API SDK, voice tonality API SDK, brainwave mapping API. And these are something that we also sell individually uh, with metered solutions part of that. And the fourth product that we have uh, pretty recently launched, literally about a couple of days ago, is Decode. It's in a early or closed beta uh, right now. So these are like four core products that we have in our portfolio. Um, of all these four core products, we have a commonality uh, that's there, which is emotion AI technologies. Um, we have four technologies that we have built from ground up. Uh, the first one is the brainwave mapping, which I was talking about that we started as an MVP. Uh, and then in addition to that, we have facial coding, uh, which basically uses a standard webcam in your laptop or in your mobile phone to analyze, measure uh, emotions at scale in real time. Um, the third piece of technology is eye tracking. Um, again, using a standard camera in your mobile phones or in your laptops. We are able to measure um, your eye gaze patterns, what you have seen on the screen, what you have, how much time you have actually spent seeing something on the screen, et cetera, and create some visualizations on top of it. And the fourth one is the voice tonality, uh, purely based on your tone, your frequency, your pitch. We are able to tell you um, what emotions or expressions you're actually having. Is it positive? Is it negative? So these four core emotion AI technologies are basically power underlying effect lab, effect UX, and decode. Uh, yeah, uh, give maybe give us a couple of uh, examples of uh, your best known customers uh, to give us a better sense of how uh, they use your technologies and uh, I mean how do how do they benefit from it? What do they use it for? 
I mean, given that you are, a, I guess, you are an enterprise-facing technology company, so I would imagine that uh, your uh, products don't uh, uh, go to end consumers directly, but uh, they would, in some ways, I guess, uh, your enterprise customers would call your APIs. Your tech would be embedded in their, uh, I don't know, websites and so on, or their apps. So yeah. So uh, long question short, uh, how do your customers use your tech? Sure. Um, so just before I get there, I think I'll answer the first part of the question. Some of the customers that we work with are like Kevin Care, P&G, Target Retail, Tata Consumer, um, Accenture, Vodafone, uh, Tam Media Research, Viacom 18, uh, Star, Hotstar, etc. Like uh, just like a handful of um, example customers, right? So the way in which we work with them, we have like two modes in which we work with them. Uh, the first one is the Effect Lab as a platform or Effect UX as a, like Effect Lab or Effect UX as a product. And then we also have the Effect APIs, which get integrated onto their own application as well. With Effect Lab um, or Effect UX as a product, uh, a typical brand manager or a consumer insights manager who wants to understand how the, how the consumers actually react to their ads or what do they actually see in the ad or what do they think about a particular package or a product or a planogram or shelf, right? Uh, so they define, they create a campaign in our platform, define the different stimulus that they want to capture the feedback on, uh, and then choose the technologies. It could be facial, eye tracking, brainwave, voice, or a combination of these technologies. And then define a set of questions uh, in terms of what they want to ask from a survey standpoint before they show the creatives or after they show the creatives and launch uh, the campaign. So till launch uh, is just one phase where there's a link that gets generated. And then that link, the brand could define, decide to send that link within the employee base or the customer base, or if they have like a, a, ded, uh, like a, a dedicated community of customers where they use that as a way to capture feedback, they could also post this link and people will just click on the link, have their data, facial expression data and ideas data, what's the data captured. And there's a real-time dashboard where brand and consumer search manager will be able to see all of the data in real time, slice and dice the data by creatives with different visualization charts, etc. So that's that's one piece, right? In terms of B2B and B2C, we are, um, yes, you're exactly right. We're an enterprise product. We are very, very B2B uh, focused. But in order to enable our brands to be able to capture feedback uh, or consumer behavior, emotional data at scale. What we have done is we've also integrated a panel of about uh, 60 million plus people across 120 plus countries natively into the platform itself. Um, so what that allows us to do is if a brand, let's say, for example, if I am brand A, I'm launching a new set of uh, clothing line and I want to target, uh, uh, let's say, men in the age range of 18 to 24 living in tier one cities, um, and this is like I have three ads that I've created that I want to go to market with. I can basically just create a campaign, upload my three creatives, um, tell that, okay, this particular campaign should only reach out to a male 18 to 24 living in tier one cities, or I can specify which tier one cities those are in India, uh, and then put some sort of other qualifying criteria and hit submit. So the system automatically culls through the 60 million plus people. Uh, by country and then choose to send out that email to X number of people based on how many completes that you're looking for. And then those panel members or those uh, respondents basically get a link in their inbox 
when they click on it, uh, their data gets captured, which is then used for market research purposes to optimize the creative, to make the to make the creative better, or trim out the creative, or use that to do better media plan, media spend optimization as well. Um, so there's like a little bit of consumer component. It's not direct B two C, but it's like B two B with the consumer panel to uh, enable the workflow of brands seamlessly being able to capture. Um, market research real-time insights at scale. Hope that makes sense and I'm answering your question directly. Sure, sure. No, I, I, I want to get into the, the real-time response part a little bit more. So I was thinking, for example, let's say a, a woman is uh, looking at a dress on a fashion website and uh, let's say she has given permission for that app to use camera, etc., so, and uh, if that company is using your technology and they're able to capture her facial expressions while she's looking at that dress, in what way can they respond in real time? Let's say her facial expressions, let's say Entropics technology tells the company that she did not like the dress. Uh, so how can, I mean, so is that is that the kind of, uh, uh, you know, are those the kinds of use cases and are they able to respond in real time based on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so that's 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 one use case that we also work with in terms of real time customer experience measurement or customer experience customization. Um, so in this case, let's say for example, the girl that you mentioned, right, a girl who's looking at a, a clothing in a e-commerce site and has given the permission to turn on the camera, have her facial expressions captured. Um, so, um, we have a SDK, uh, the, 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 the website has been integrated with, and the system actually gives you in real time, um, what emotion is being exhibited on a second by second basis, and also what the attention engagement levels are. So what a brand could pretty much do is do two things. One is I just want to measure which collections people actually like, which one people have positive, positive, uh, are, are like positively inclined towards, negatively inclined towards based on the different emotions that they've exhibited. All right. And then use this data to come up with a catalog that's a lot more intuitive or use that to go back to my designers so that I can give that as an input. They come up with better designs which can be uh, put into market, right? That's, that's one. The second is, let's say if I have a dress and then let's say if it's a particular color and stuff, right? And if I don't like the color and I have a negative ex- expression that I, that's been picked up, you have an option to use that particular emotion measurement that's there with the API and then automatically change the color of the dress. Or if you basically have a catalog of clothes, you see one cloth uh, and then you have a positive experience of that, then you actually add that to the basket directly. Or if you don't like it or you have like a smirk on your face or a frown on your face, you kind of ignore the product, show another product, you show another product, you keep on showing a particular product until you are able to see, show like, products that the consumer of the particular girl likes and then create a basket or cart which the particular person can check out right? that's like the hyper level customization from an experience standpoint that you're talking about right um, hmm. so um, typically those two are like real-time measurement experiences one is to use for better creating better designs the second one is used to show clothes based on what a particular consumer like did not like and then try to collate all this data and then kind of provide recommendations in real time based on their emotions 
The third one, which is also something where brands actually spend a lot of money, uh, around like 80 to 90 billion dollars, is understanding what consumers think of new designs. If it's a new design that has not been launched in the market, I could invite like a specific set of people come take a look at this dress, watch this either online or offline and have their expressions and stuff captured. And that, again, use that to understand what people like, what people didn't like. A combination of facial coding and eye tracking will help you define not only what emotions are exhibited, but what in that particular dress were people actually noticing. At that particular noticing element, or let's say if there is a design or if there is a printed uh, logo or something that's there in the particular uh, uh, dress, and while they were seeing that particular uh, element, did people like it or not like it? So you would be able to uh, slice and dice, dig down that into a lot more detail analytics and that people actually hated just because when they were looking at that particular element compared to everything else. Mm. A couple of uh, last questions. From a product management perspective, uh, uh, what are some of the uh, product innovations uh, at Entropic that you are really uh, proud of? Yep, um, sure. So um, I think going with the chronological product, I think Decode, which we just recently launched, I think it's like the first of its kind in the market that actually brings in emotion AI right front and center into team conversations, candidate conversations, and customer conversations. And that's like, it's, we believe that it's going to take the regular conversations add more insights into it so that people are able to find a lot more insights that just people have missed because there's like half an hour meetings that typically get attended by 10, 20 people and each person actually has about four or five meetings or four or five conversations that's happening, right? That's, that's one thing that we believe is going to revolutionize how conversations are going to be looked at rather than just another meeting recording. It's more of an asset that the company is going to be looking at. Um, the second one is we recently launched uh, a few months ago, eye tracking uh, on mobile. Um, it, one of the most difficult problems uh, is being able to measure eye gaze data on a mobile because of multiple reasons. Like one is uh, you have standard cameras in your mobile phone, mobile phones of different screen sizes, different commodity hardware, where each and every camera could be a lot more different based on the quality of the camera that's there. And then uh, the degrees of freedom of movement where... Uh, I could actually be moving my head, I could be moving my hand, and both of them could be moving at the same time. While these degrees of freedom of movement is there, we're still being able to measure what in the screen somebody is actually looking at and using that data uh, to identify and optimize from a user research, uh, usability testing, UX testing standpoint. That's that's like a really, really advanced set of computer vision, deep neural networks that we are using to get to the kind of accuracy with these kind of degrees of freedom of movement. Um, one last thing I want to call out is, again, from a facial expression standpoint, um, we have uh, ways to measure emotion both on laptops and on mobile phones, either in our platform or something that could be integrated into any of the websites, apps, third-party side of things, right? Uh, we are able to measure um, emotions, which are your happy, sad, anger, fear, contempt, disgust at a, at accuracy, which is about 95, 96%. In addition to that, we are also able to measure really, really nuanced um, expressions, which we call as micro emotions or micro expressions, like a smirk on your face, like a frown on your face, your eye, like left eyebrow raises, the right eyebrow raises, right? Your eye blinks, number of eye blinks that are actually happening. So these are kind of expressions that are like 
very, very transitory nature that happens like in a hundredth of a millisecond. So with this kind of a data, we know exactly what, how a person actually goes through when they're looking at an ad, when they're looking at a product, when they're browsing through a website, when they're playing a game. It's like, these are like the three technology advancements where we have like a bunch of patents on that we have filed and the kind of accuracy that we have been able to achieve uh, over the last six years. I think we're one of the top players out in the emotion AI space across the globe. Mm. For you as a, uh, a products uh, specialist, what does uh, the Indian startup ecosystem look like today in terms of its uh, maturity, uh, in terms of the experience of uh, people who are here uh, when it comes to product management? Yeah, sure. That's, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think product management as a space um, probably was not of too much of interest, probably like four or five years ago, six years ago. Um, it was probably something that was like heard of, but not too many product managers are actually out in the market. I think in the last five years or so, there's, a, there's an explosion of product companies, SaaS companies, right? which is a good thing that has actually happened in India. Um, and uh, with that explosion, product management as a space in terms of how critical, vital it is, something that people have started realizing that. Uh, prior to that, it was all about project management delivery uh, because of the way things the market was, which was very service uh, focused. When it comes to product companies, product management uh, is, is basically going to make or break the company as a whole. Um, while uh, even though it's just been like five years, it's like it's still a, a short time. Uh, the, there's, a, there's a lot of misunderstandings in terms of what a product manager should be doing, what a product manager should not be doing. Who is a product manager? Who is a product owner? Who is a project manager? Who is a business analyst? I think the lines of delineation that are there across these roles are also kind of like a little bit blurred, not clear yet, clearly well-defined. Um, I, I think some of the good things are there are now new set of uh, um, new set of uh, programs that are there which really focus on uh, product management. Uh, the product conclave and product management focus from NASCOM uh, some of the other uh, training programs, which was not available before, like Pragmatic Marketing Institute's uh, product management certification or new product development uh, programs, they're starting to focus a lot more on Indian market, given that uh, SaaS uh, is going to be a few big future. SaaS is a big future in India and product managers are going to be there. So I think there's going to be a bigger evolution that's going to happen. I think like we still have a long way to go. Uh, probably like let's say if I have to put a journey on a, like a zero to ten basis where ten is like the highest maturity that we can get, we probably are in that four to four and a half is what I would at least personally based on my experience trying to recruit uh, product managers for my company, talking to my previous CPOs who actually have recently relocated back to India or my fellows uh, whom I worked in the past who have moved back to India, I started. Companies, like this is something that we have kind of seen where there's a misalignment, misunderstanding, and that is now starting to slowly get cleared off. Uh, but it's, um, I think it's going to take some more time to have like a lot more clear uh, set of product managers coming out with specific experience on product management, not just on product management or being a product owner or a business analyst. Mm, for you, uh, briefly, what are your next uh, big steps i know late last year you all raised uh, a good round of funding uh, so what are your next big priorities 
uh, for us, uh, for especially I think with Decode launch that happened, like uh, a close beta launch that happened about two weeks ago, we're kind of like doubling down on that. We want to do a GA release uh, sometime early next year. Uh, that's a big product launch that we have in our pipeline to go after a larger market. Um, plus, scaling of Effect Lab um, across multiple geos um, in US, Europe um, is, is, is another bigger uh, thing that we're looking at, both from a sales standpoint and also from a product standpoint. Building products is one thing, scaling products to take to that kind of volume of transactions that's going to happen is, is another thing, right? So for us, these two things are going to go run in parallel and we're starting to put a lot of investments in terms of technology to get the product to scale when we go after the market a lot more aggressively uh, now. Okay, very uh, interesting conversation, Kumar. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. I definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Sure, thanks a lot, Harishan. Uh, really appreciate your time and uh, thank you for having um, and uh, talking about Entropic Tech in this podcast. That was Lava Kumar. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Thank you for listening.